Hello everybody, welcome to Sonic Talk episode 717. Uh, sorry, we didn't have one last week, it was just everything, nothing nothing kind of worked out and it, in the end I thought there's no way I'm fit to do a monologue after being up half the weekend doing NAM on LA time, so I bailed. Uh, this week uh, we have a show, uh, next week we won't have a show the week after because I'm actually going on holiday, which I'm really looking forward to, but if uh, if you're interested in what this show is about, it's uh, music technology and we've just had the NAM show, uh, we've, uh, we, we before that super booth, there's also some big announcements today, so we'll be talking a little bit about this, the news of music technology maybe things that we saw at NAMM. Uh, welcome to everybody over in the chats. We've got our friends over at uh, the YouTube chat. We've got the IRC and we've also got uh, the buzz and uh, everything restream all sort of happening. So it all joins together and we do have plans for that where we can maybe amalgamate all of this and start to get hashtags and people can post questions and things. This is all plans. Um, uh, we were going to have Dom this week. I just want to say uh, condolences to Dom. Dom uh, had to pull out the last minute. Uh, the family the family cat has uh, passed away and i think when you've got a kid it can be quite distressing so he's he's doing the fatherly thing and dealing with all that stuff but we do have our other two guests even though there's a black square in the middle of them all uh so i uh, will say hello first of all to yoad nevo who's there in uh, nevo sound in london uh, where Hi, he mans the controls mixing producing and also uh, doing a whole bunch of uh, excellent uh, waves plug-in development how are you you well yeah, very well, thanks. Good to be back. Yeah, it's great to have you. Have you been busy? Uh, your air conditioning's finally working hard, full time. Ours is on at the moment. It's the first time it's been on this year. Um, to be honest, it's it's kind of nice and cool here at the moment. It takes uh, the the building is so you know all the insulation and acoustic treatment and stuff. It's so heavy that uh, it takes a while so you need quite a few warm days for the for the heat to actually infiltrate so it, and uh, fortunately or not we have uh, very few of those in london so it keeps cool most of the time i've been i've been I, I i just can't bring myself to put in a an expensive air conditioning system that i can't see and i only use for five days a year even though when we're filming it gets well, really you know, hot in here you know i have you a know. i have a massive system here and i even have a redundancy so everything is double <laughs> i have two like it's it's massive but i hardly hardly use it i mean uh, well the, the if you need to a lot of heat yeah but, that's true um, you get a lot of heat out of your gear don't you yeah, yeah. well lovely to have you Yoad. Uh, always a pleasure and we've also got mr rich hilton who's uh flying the sonic state fulsome t-shirt flag uh, he's uh, actually in well uh, on tour with chic are you in paris by any chance ah you're muted i think you're muted ah take a drink Ah, excellent. Sorry about that. I That's am in right. Paris. Um, I'm in a absolutely tiny hotel room, and uh, which costs some exorbitant amount of money. And um, we're playing two shows tonight, once tonight and one tomorrow, at a place called Sal Playel. And I'm uh, looking forward to it very much. Nice, nice. Oh, before we get on to other stuff, I just wanted to big shout out for, to Di Stanton. Uh, the last show, he gave us a great super chat. Uh, way to go, Di. Di, uh, uh, Di Stanton just got out of chemotherapy. Champagne all round. Good for you, mate. Very pleased to hear that. Hope uh, everything is cool and uh, you are happy and well and all of the things that you can now enjoy. Thank you very much, Di, and good luck to you. Um, okay, right. Well, so... I wondered where to start because we suddenly we had loads of news. I suppose we should really start because this happened just before uh, Nam. Obviously, uh, Dave Smith passed away suddenly, um, which was a real shock to everybody. Because I mean, I was talking to him like two weeks previously at, at Nam. He seemed very well, you know. I mean, obviously getting on on in years, but still vital and you know moving around. It was just a. Re I mean, in some ways, I suppose it's a blessing that it's you know it wasn't long and drawn out and he didn't suffer, but. You know, he was a great guy and one of the most influential and highly regarded people in music technology. And let's not forget, you know, MIDI was his thing as well as programmable polyphonic uh, uh, synthesizer, analog synthesizer, and many other things. And just an all-round nice guy. I mean, uh, I'm guessing, uh, Dave, you, uh, Rich, you probably met him a couple of times. He was always around, wasn't he? I mean, he's a lovely, lovely, lovely man. Such a shame. Dave Smith was 
so important to the stuff that we do and talk about. It's unbelievable. And yes, on those few occasions where I got to speak to the man, he was incredibly nice and incredibly patient. And I watched interactions with the customers at the NAM show, and it was just, uh, it was nothing but dignity and love going on there. And of course, the man is uh, substantially responsible for the MIDI spec on which we've been basing our yeah. inter-instrument communication for like 40 years now. And if there was ever a testament to how robust and what a great idea that was, it's, it's, it's the longevity and the way that it has uh, accommodated so many things beyond what it was originally designed to do. And um, I just wish uh, peace for his family because uh, yeah. I don't know that. Uh, what a great man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think everybody was a bit shell-shocked at the sequential booth because, I, I mean, apparently he was en route to NAM and, you know, doing what he loved doing, as they said in the statement on the website. You know, he was, he was out on the road kind of doing what he enjoyed. I know because, uh, uh, Yoad, you, you got the Rev 2 that we reviewed. So, you know, you have some Dave Smith in your life, and well, more than one piece of Dave Smith, I'd imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, it was just, I don't know, three, four weeks ago when uh, I saw you and Dave chatting at the super booth. Yeah. Uh, I saw him a few times in many, uh, in a few occasions, but we never got to, I never got to know him personally. And I was thinking to myself, maybe I should just, uh, you know, kind of uh, step in and uh, force you to introduce uh to, to introduce me but uh, but I didn't and now of course I regret it uh, he seems such a such a gentle and down-to-earth guy for for all the stuff that he did which is unbelievable he's I think he's the father of of modern you know um, instrument work or electronic instrument work um, MIDI is still something that I we all use very much. Um, maybe it's not so so much, you know, the DIN cable and uh, setting MIDI channels on your on our multi-timbral instruments and stuff. Although I I still do it and I still have the MIDI timepiece, you know, from from that era. And I really love this technology with all its quirks, but. Uh, and then, obviously, all his uh, synthesizers. Amazing. It's just... Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, as we, as, we of, as we so often say in these cases, you know, it, it, it's, it's also an opportunity to celebrate, you know, what a fantastic legacy he left. But I, I felt like I, I wanted to say something because I've probably spoken to him every year since about 1990, you know, since we started doing... Or, no, so 1999, since we started doing trade shows. You know, it's kind of... But uh, by all accounts, he he we know he lived he he lived life to the full. Was really into sort of fitness and stuff and tequila, which is always something I can get on board with. In fact, we got a selection of the uh, Dave Smith uh, glasses, the sequential glasses. So we'll keep them and put them to good use. Anyway, I I felt we should we should bring that on. Now um, I was at this point going to be playing a bunch of videos, but unfortunately uh, I can't get them into the system. There's some weird network issue, which means we'll have to discuss about them. So it's a little bit uh, disappointing that, but. We've got a couple of uh, a couple of things. I mean, the first one was um, now if I pr I think I might be able to actually press this so that the link comes up. So the first one was uh, the new Nina synth, which is uh, Melbourne Instruments. Uh, we we trailed it a little bit. We didn't really know what it was. Uh, we got a good look at it. Twelve voice analog poly with three voices per synth uh, per per oscillator. Three, three oscillators per voice. Gosh, I'll get my words around at some point. And uh, this was kind oh. of, it was one of the hits of the show, really. I think it was a really kind of quite a big deal. Cut, launching soon on Kickstarter, no idea on price. Uh, the interesting thing about it was, uh, well, there's two things. It's got a, basically a Raspberry Pi brain, which is totally hackable. So you could add LFOs, you could add all sorts of stuff, and they're up for that. But the, the uh, once again, the technology that brought this about was the ability to use kind of drone motors so all of these knobs move uh, which is kind of interesting you might wonder you know it, it, it seems to be split people go go i can't believe this hasn't happened before this is what i've needed all my life and other people go well yeah it's no big deal but uh, it's an interesting looking thing i don't know um 
Uh, yeah, did you get a chance to see some of the uh, the, the NAM coverage and, and and see what this was about? Yeah, um, yeah. This is a weird one. I mean, we we used to 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 use motorized mainly faders um, in order to, and I have and I have them on on the desk here. Not that I use them, but um, uh, in order to uh, bypass a VCA circuit. So we we actually move the fa the the actual fader that the sound is going through, and that makes sense in in the analog world. Um, in the digital world, it doesn't make so basically apart from the way it feels, it doesn't have any sort of sonic purpose um uh, because it's only right. that justification is to 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 keep a, a clean um and pure signal path in the analog domain um i think i think it's it's cool it brings me to the rs56 um emi eq um which is a stereo mastering eq it's completely passive and there's like clogs and gears behind which mecha totally mechanical that when you move the the knobs of one channel it moves it you know it mirrors so it, it on, right, the, on right. the other channel so it's a huge beast we modeled it um with abbey road so we have the rs56 i mean it's just a plug-in but the real thing is like it's a piece of you know kind of hardware technology a lot of metal uh, and this kind of reminds me of that in a way. Um, I think there's something there's something cool about it. I'm not sure how they. So I presume that the that the knob uh, kind of caps have to be conductive. So so you can touch in order to to to, to not fight the the motion. Yeah, I, so I, when I, I don't know. That's a good, that's a good question. Takeover. Um. And it and it's an interesting thing to kind of implement as a controller, if that's possible at, at all. Like to get feedback back from your door, and then you can. It, I, it's nice. It's cool. I think it's cool. I, that was one. That was an interesting thing. I was thinking. I wonder whether it's possible to make it as a MIDI controller and have all of those MIDI CCs respond both directions that would be kind of cool as well as yeah. a, just as a sort of a motorized midi controller it's interesting though rich i mean you know it, it it's the thing that we didn't know we needed but maybe we do i don't know but i mean as a synth it sounds kind of interesting as well it's got you know they're going for um but it seems like that's the usp <laughs> well yeah to me and i did watch the video this gentleman's demonstration um First of all, I think Yoad summed it up very well. How, but how it's going to feel has a lot to do with how effective it's going to be as an editing tool. From I, from the idea standpoint, it makes sense to me to have all the controls at their current state all the time, rather than having to do a through zero where you activate a control to edit it. I understand the desirability of that, but. It, the desirability of that almost entirely hinges on how it feels when you grab the knob to go and make the edit uh, yeah. and what kind of uh, sensing they're using and how that feels to use. Apart from that, I don't understand the new return to these giant square buttons at all. And I find it, I found it sort of, a, it, ah, I, I hate to use this word, but it was almost hideous to me the way the thing looked. And, um, and uh, while it wasn't hideous, as a synthesizer, it didn't. What they played was not uh, exciting to me. Yeah, so I know what you're saying. They started from a great idea, which is move these knobs around. And now, how do we package this thing? And what do we put behind it to represent the benefits of doing this? And that doesn't seem to be satisfying to me as much as the idea of having mm. moving knobs synthesizer that that said does it make any noise what does it feel like i'm interested to know operationally you know does it does it sound like a whole bunch of clackety 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 every time you're playing back you know patches that have uh parameter changes like what exactly does this thing represent and why doesn't it sound better or if it does why didn't you show us that it does 
That's yeah, I, 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 th I, I can totally get that. I mean, we've seen this before, haven't we? When since go get prototype before they've had the sound design and the patches made and the kind of the people who really know how to make great synth sounds to sort of demonstrate the best of it. Sometimes they can be poorly represented, and that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not there. But yeah, I, th I agree. I agree with you. I don't think perhaps the sound demos were the uh, were the finest. Although Jim did a quite a good um, one, I think, uh, or certainly something better. Anyway. For us, just well, what was the meeting like where they designed on giant square orange buttons? I would like to know what that meeting was like. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, the, 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 the same on the OBX uh, 8, as they've gone to that for those big tab buttons again. You know, they're not orange. No, but that's, that's harkening back to the originals from which it derives. In other words, that has a legacy behind it. And it, plus, <laughs> it's, not, it's not that sort of deep throw ppg like looking thing it it's it's that's a different thing and that i think looks fantastic on the new instrument but these buttons bothered me okay so, <laughs> that i'm feeling i I'm feeling a title there. These buttons bother me. I like the sound of that. That's yeah, good. Sorry, yeah, I do want to come in. I've had it. <laughs> um, I, I, I just, uh, yeah, I agree with everything Rich said, but uh, I want to add that uh, it's, it's good to know that the availability um, and affordability of, affordability of um, motorized knobs is such that it's available as a mass market. Um, yeah. In, because that means that maybe um, in the future we'll be able to see all our modular stuff um, having such knobs uh, and together with automated or memory kind of um, patch, patch bay with memory like a matrix sort of active thing, um, we can we'll be able to recall patches and that will be the day that I will fully embrace the analog uh, the the modular environment i think that would right. be right well that's a good, that's a really good point because i mean if if if, that, if these knobs i mean cuz one thing he did say uh, dan was saying he said you know obviously it's not going to be bottom bottom dollar but it is it is it's surprisingly affordable in his words whatever that means i mean we don't know until uh, the kickstarter launches but maybe that uh, I, and i think it's because drones have become so much more pre prevalent that mm -hmm. mass production of those of uh, that technology is much more available so maybe it is you know something that's just going to be going to be there for us so i mean i'm i'm pretty psyched about it and it'll be interesting to see how uh, how we go so um i i think at this point we're just going to have a, a little word from our friends over at well which where should we go first let's go to baby audio Uh, they make uh, plenty of plugins. Oh, I should have had this queued up. That's very inappropriate. Yeah, mixes creative plugins designed to add colour and depth to your mixes. They won Plugin of the Year 2021 with Future Music and Computer Music. Uh, try Spaced Out, a modern interpretation of the Space Echo effect using delay, reverb, and modulation for a creative workflow named Plugin of the Year 2021 again. And get 15% off when checking out with the code ST15. If you buy anything for babyaudio.com, use the code ST15. Thank you very much for their support. Gosh, I am rusty. That is, yeah, that's a, that was, <laughs> do beg your pardon. Okay, next topic. And this again is, and, and I think this is kind of interesting, I think we might be heading into a, an, a, a, a well, I don't know where to go first. Where, where do you want to go first, yeah? Because we got the new plugin format and we got GPU audio. I mean, it seems like plugin central. So. I think they're kind of uh, related um, topics they in a way. They kind of are, aren't they? Let me see. So, I'm gonna, uh, right, so I'll go. Let's go here, right? So I'm just going to uh, let's let's start with this guy. This is the announcement from Bitwig and Yuhi that they've announced a new open source or an open plugin format called Clap. Uh, I, I, you will know that I didn't actually do any STD-based uh, headline puns in our, in our news item, which I think I should get some. I should get some uh, credit for that. But uh, anyway, so this seems like a really interesting new option. They're, they're going for multiple parameter automation sort of MPE style MIDI 2.0. I'm not sure if it's an audio thing or whether it's just the actual whole kind of the whole plug-in format. It's 
it's an interesting idea. I, I'm, I, don't, I, I don't know enough about it yet because it just came out. I am actually going to have an interview with the developers, uh, I believe, uh, on Friday. So hopefully get that out before we go on holiday. So we'll kind of find out a bit more about what this is all about. But it sounds interesting. I mean, I'm guessing, Yoad, as a, a man who's uh, involved in plugin development, you perhaps have a bit more of a handle on this than, than I do. Am I right in thinking that it's got some kind of uh, basis in, in the juice coding plugin as well? So that could be used uh, in, in it, or, or am I just clutching at straws? Uh, I don't know enough details because as of uh, most of us, we, we just got the information uh, very recently. Um, it, uh, it seems that um, there's a main effort, there, there, there has been a main effort, the main effort has been in uh, kind of uh, optimizing the communication between um, the, the plugin, the host, and the OS, because there's a lot to be desired in, in that area. Um, so, <clears throat> and then there's a bunch of new features like multi-channel um, MIDI um, protocol um, or using MPE or even enhancing on the capabilities of, of, uh, of MPE um, and the modulation. Um, modulating, the problem with modulating plugins externally is that you can usually or traditionally uh, can only communicate with the plugin through its automation points. So you don't have access to the actual um, alg inside that controls the process, but you have to go through the layer of automation because that's how the door communicates with the plugin. So you usually you have only those kind of means of communications uh, available. Um, and the, there's some issues with that. Um, not all controls are sample accurate in, in plugins because they don't have to be. Um, and once you start using um, this automation channel, you can get some kind of overflows, you can get buffering problems um, because of the way this path kind of goes through the OS. Um, once you, you find a way to, to increase the, the capacity or the efficiency of that um, information transfer between the plugin and the host, avoiding the OS as much as possible or minimizing the, the need to go through the OS, you can get a much smoother, much more efficient kind of uh, way of controlling parameters um which you know you, i don't know how they implemented it and i don't know much about that format but um there are ways to of reducing the the memory the the cycles of the cpu um and the, the overall kind of demand of the system mm -hmm. um but that requires um the parameters of the plugins to be controlled um that they are smooth, so they are capable of moving parameters or shifting parameters in something like audio rates or even kind of the lower spectrum of, of audio rate, but right. um, in, in a predictable way, I should say, and reproducible way. Um, and that seems like a great, um, you know, effort in that in that direction. Uh, and that can open so many different possibilities. Um, because imagine if you work on a different platform, you, you, you're making a track with your friend who's working on Pro Tools, you're working on Ableton, um, it, it can open, or Bitwig, of course, um, it can open possibilities of transferring kind of bigger chunks of that session to the other platform because if you if you have a plugin that controls the modulation and communicates with other plugins in the session, then this can potentially be transferred to the other platform, creating more right. compatibility and stuff like that. But that's that's kind of a side effect or a bonus. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting.
Uh, Rich, I mean, I'm guessing, you know, that, that they say that this is actually uh, sort of inspired by or built on the concept of MPE, which must make you feel happy uh, because obviously, you know, there's only a certain amount of expression destinations with, you know, because you play a role uh, and, and, may, and many people play other things as well, that, that you, you don't have as much kind of destination. Whereas this, this sounds like it's going to be built much more performative and much more sort of real time and open all of that kind of. It sounds like a really interesting idea. I mean, they, it's a bold move, that's for sure. Yes, it is. And um, made by people whom I respect and whose products sound wonderful. So that doesn't hurt either when you're demonstrating anything to do with synthesizers, having your soundtrack sound really nice. Um, I can't add anything to Yoad's wisdom on this because he is in this and I'm not. And I've never done any coding related to plugins. So I just have to take at face value that there are additional benefits and that these multiple streams of information that are now available that weren't available before are going to prove to be creatively beneficial. So I don't really have a way to evaluate it except to say that pretty much everything I've seen you he do has been brilliant on some level. And um, I'm not that familiar with Bitwig, but it looks like a fantastic system to me at a distance. So I would trust that they're also some very clever people. And so I think you've got some very clever people behind this. The question of whether you get it adopted by enough other people to make it meaningful now follows um, logically. Mm. But as far as the um, tricks involved in getting this to happen and what is required, I can't possibly uh, stand on the shoulders of Johan's experience. Johan's experience. <laughs> it's interesting. I, I mean, I think you know the the, the web page. Uh, I think I've got it here. You know, they've actually uh, they've got a, a list of you know. There's a. Uh, I haven't got their full web page, but there's you know there's Artoria Avid, Epic Games, uh, Unreal Engine, which is a big one to get. So, uh, Personas, Valhalla, DSP, VCV, Transfer uh, Records. I mean, it, it's really kind of. I, I'm I'm worried that we're going to get into a kind of VHS Betamax thing. But as far as I, I, I mean, I think if in an ideal world, what they will have done is the kind of core DSP stuff that you make your your plugin in is unchanged. It's really the interfacing layer that they are dealing with mainly. So it's about the, you know, so if you've made your, your you know, Artoria CSA emulation plug, you don't have to completely recode the sound making part. It's going to be more to do with the interfacing of the controls and uh, whatnot. And I guess, I, I guess the piping of the audio might be different. But I mean, I would hope that that would be the case. I mean, you might know a bit more about that. I mean, it wouldn't make sense to go, no, you have to do everything from scratch. That would be crazy. No, because it's it's not dealing with the actual process. It's dealing with the way you control the process. So it's another layer on top of the actual process core, if you like, or right. the, the DSP, the, the actual signal processing. Uh, however, I can see it, you know, uh, creating so many bugs and so many problems uh, in a good way. Because uh, sometimes when you have um, you know, it's like uh, porting uh, plugins to different platforms like uh, Windows, Mac, um, you know, audio yeah, there units. Are issues. The process is not changing, but the way you communicate with the environment uh, around the plugin changes and that leads to kind of adaptation and, uh, and tweaking sometimes, most of the times I would say. But... Um, in a similar way to, to MIDI that has been kind of dormant for, for 30 years nearly, um, the, the essence of the way plugins communicate with the host has not changed that much. Um, and, and now this, this is a great uh, opportunity for, uh, for progress really. Yeah, I mean, it it's does sound like, I don't want to get too technical, but it sounds like possibly, you know, if this is adopted, then the, the, the bit where you have to interface with the OS is kind of handled by it. So you maybe don't have to do quite so much of the sort of, oh, yeah, if it's Windows, you have to do it this way. And if it's a PC, if it's Mac, you have to do it this way. Maybe. That, it's not, it's, yeah. I have to say, it's not quite because you still have the file system and you still have to know where, to put all the different parts and different libraries and uh, 
but it's just the way it's it, it's improving the way the the plugin can communicate with the host or the host with the plugin and that's uh that's a good thing yeah okay well that's i mean that and i had a video to play for that so that's a bit of a result and the other thing is i mean we, we should probably do the same thing with with plugins as well maybe what i'll do i know it's only been a short while since the previous app but i suspect this will be quite a big topic so we'll just have uh, a word from our friends over at isotope as well thank you very much to them for their support isotope producers club is a one-of-a-kind membership for producers ready to take their tracks to the next level once you join, you'll gain access to powerhouse Isotope plugins and a curated selection of tools from our partners, such as Melodyne from Celimony. Plus, as long as you're a member, you'll get every future update to the Isotope plugins in your membership for no extra cost. We'll also regularly serve you new curated content like exclusive inspiration-sparking sample packs and preset packs and industry-leading training ranging from our own tutorials to vocal production lessons from the world-renowned Berkeley Online, taught by Grammy-winning producer and engineer, Prince Charles Alexander. With new content being added every month full of valuable production techniques, tips and tricks, and solutions to common production problems, becoming a member is an investment in your career that grows as you and your career do. For more information on Isotope Producers Club, head to isotope.com. And once again, we thank them for their continued support. In fact, if you go to isotope.com forward slash sonic talk, uh, you get to a special custom landing page where if you use the code sonic10, you can claim 10% off your isotope plugin purchase or try music production suite pro free for 30 days. Once again, we thank them very much for their support. Okay, so this is another big one. Again, I, I, w I was going to have a video, but the cloud let me down. It's just the way it goes sometimes. So this is the uh, GPU audio, which is gpu.audio. Uh, uh, if actually, if I just press this guy, uh, this will bring it up, and then uh, I'll put another link in. So this was an interesting. This is not new. I mean, we've been kind of in the area of trying to use GPU audio for a while. Uh, um, you know, at various points in music technology. This seems to be a much firmer and much harder uh, go at it. Uh, what they've got here is uh, the, basically. It, it, it's a startup with kind of rounds of funding and whatnot, and what they've done is they've kind of created uh, an open beta program where you can get early access, and the idea is it will run uh, plugins on the GPU. Uh, and this, for those of you who perhaps don't know, uh, just briefly, GPUs generally run at a much higher uh, uh, rate, they have faster memory just because they have to move visual data around, which is obviously the speed of light rather than the speed of sound. Uh, and you tend to get more grunt out of a GPU, and quite often we're probably not using them as much. At the moment, it's only Windows only. Uh, they're going, and NVIDIA, but they're going to uh, AMD, and they're bringing Mac stuff out. And I think, I, I'm not entirely sure whether they're, doing, whether they're bridging plug-in stuff that you can offload, or whether they're, they're doing custom plugins. They do their own custom plugins, but even with VST3, which they're currently using, uh, they get one millisecond round trip, which is pretty good. But if you've got your custom plugin, you're talking about 150 micro seconds uh which is is pretty low again i guess i'll come to well I'll, actually rich i'll come to you first because you know we've had dsp accelerators you know they're all you know we're, we're familiar with this kind of notion of offloading the idea of actually being able to do this directly to you know the card that you might already have in your system okay it's not m1 mac friendly yet but i guess this they're going to have to bring all of this stuff to the to the party too um what are your thoughts my thoughts are that most people are sitting there with a GPU that's really hardly doing anything and that this mm. is a really great idea. And it had been proposed to me by a friend of mine some years ago, actually, that this would come. So I'm not surprised to see it because my friend basically told me this would happen. And um, I don't see a downside. I, and it, it's funny because I, I, I bump up against this. I don't do a lot of video work. So I'm currently considering a new computer and I'm considering it in the context of not expecting to do a lot of video work because I just don't. And, but still you want GPU power so that if you're whatever gaming or doing whatever you're doing, uh, you have that available to you, but quite often it's not really being called upon in any kind of deep way compared to its capabilities. So I think this is 
a totally sensible thing and makes at least as much sense as what we were just talking about, which is a better <laughs> plug-in standard in terms of mediating between the various aspects of your computer. Yeah. I wonder if uh, I wonder if they're, they're thinking about this would would interface, you know, whether the new clap uh, um, would would um, protocol would work somehow. Do you, I guess, uh, Johan, you probably have considered these matters before uh, and looked into it. I mean, it's an interest. I'll tell you one thing before we go any further. This video was the biggest video that we shot on NAM uh, coverage it, by by a factor of three. Oh my. I don't know what that was. That sounds like a doorbell. That's all right. I'll take it down. Um, so, uh, I mean, that, and I think it's partly because, you know, GPU is something that has got a wider search term and, you know, it, it'll break out of our little music technology ghetto. But it is, there's a lot of interest in this. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's almost like we, we're doing a full circle um, because um, we started with, DSPs because computers weren't powerful enough to run plugins um, natively. So we had the Motorola chips, um, which used to run um, DSP, um, TDM, Pro Tools uh, yeah. environment. And in fact, uh, UAD actually their first hardware, I'm not sure if it was the first, but um, was running on a graphics card. So they've actually implemented that before they went with the shark uh, processors, and now they're coming back to native. So there's kind of a, a shift. Um, the The main CPU of the computer is busy doing so many things, including moving the mouse. Just, when you just move the mouse, it has to. It takes cycles of the CPU from the CPU of the CPU. When you show anything on the screen, it takes. Some from the graphic card, but some, but the the CPU has to channel all that information and the feedback from the different applications. You receive an email. You you have so much stuff going on that requires um, the CPU time uh, or queue. Um, and when you have a dedicated DSP, you're free from all that, and you can communicate it with it directly um, and therefore achieve a much kind of more optimized uh, processing. Um, and like you mentioned, the, the power of these GPUs, um, especially in recent years, it, it is really crazy because they have to, do, to deal with all the kind of 3D animation and um, video generation and all that, which requires a lot of processing power. And for exactly that, the same reason, um, this is why GPU cards exist to, to in order to offload processing from the CPU. Um, and this can be utilized for, for audio as well. It doesn't come without its kind of quirks and uh, different angles of, of attack in order to, because it's not something, um, it's not something easy, uh, but apparently these guys managed to, to, to get it, to, to make it happen. And, uh, and it's really great news. Uh, just to, you know, to, to remind us that a lot of cryptocurrency mining is done by GPUs. Yeah. Um, a lot of neural networks run on GPUs, so so it's kind of um, um, it, it it just makes sense that audio will will come next, and uh, again, very welcome uh, sort of enterprise. It's or... interesting. I, I, yeah, I mean, I think what they, I mean. I'd like to know more about this. I'm going to try and talk to them over the summer and get a bit more information. I think they've got a, a suite of free plugins coming out here later this month, and then they're going to be announcing AMD and Mac stuff coming, you know, soon. They're already talking to people. They've got kind of, again, developers on the... You've got to take some of it with a pinch of salt because obviously they're raising capital, so they have to talk their game up as well. But it would make the most sense to be able to create bridges that bridge existing plug-in technology that you can offload to your GPU. So you could just kind of go, yeah, run this here. So some sort of, I guess that either means some sort of interpreter or something, because it's otherwise... Like, like 
Yeah, because otherwise you've you've got to basically ask people to recode stuff, which is, again, it's a big ask. I mean, it might make sense if I was if it was a Sony PlayStation because you have a much bigger potential audience than you do for, you know, a obscure plugin that only somebody is going to use for you know a particular purpose. So I, I think that's probably. Oh, I would hope that would be where they were going. I mean, I don't know if that's even viable because you're going to have to move that stuff. I don't around. see any technology that requires um, a, com a plugin maker to recode their process um, taking off. Uh, th that's not possible. The days of people having to write games for the Amiga and then kind of rewrite the same game for the Atari or something like that, these days, those days are over. Um, the, the amount of, of plugins, the amount of, uh, of content you have, you, you can't be asking that from plugin manufacturers. Um, so it's like a shell. It's like we have with the SoundGrid system where, where you have a dedicated DSP and then you, off, you can offload your plugin processing from the main CPU onto to that system. Uh, so right. uh, when we, we did the, the SoundGrid Studio and LV1, it, it's not that we had to write the code for all the plugins. The plugins are still, the process is still the same. It's just the shell or the kind of environment of the plugin that, that is different. Uh, however, because of the nature of how GPUs run and work, it's not trivial to, to create that, that environment, but it is possible. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, I mean, I wish them luck. I mean, it's like I say, it's it's still climbing. I mean, people are just seem to be endlessly fascinated by this. In fact, they, they you know we know that that, that it, it's it generated a really big bump in their kind of uh, in interest in stuff. So I'm glad we were able to bring, which I guess brings us to the whole Nam experience itself. You know, obviously I didn't go. Uh, I was uh, running it from afar. The team did a fantastic job. I want to give big props to uh, Rob and Ed and Chris. Uh, Chris is still out there, kind of enjoying some downtime, and Mira and Jim and all the kind of all our sponsors and all that but you know it was a, a sort of different NAM for this and it, one thing that was very interesting about it you know normally we get this huge feeding frenzy around NAM so you know by Monday I would expect to see this many video views and in this instance it wasn't like that it was much it's been much more of a kind of a slower build and a longer tail which is really interesting so the, the sense of event seems to have missed. I guess it's because it's a different time of year in the summer and whatnot. But there was still stuff there. Obviously, we saw Nina. We saw the new third wave synth. We saw some other stuff. And we saw the GPU audio people. I just wondered if anybody, if, if you'd had any kind of sense of how Nam kind of was and whether you think it'll ever be the same, I suppose. I mean, it's a big question, I realise, Rich. You don't have to answer it quite like that. But anything, you know, what did you get a sense of now? I mean, I know you've been busy, so perhaps I've been sort of watching everything we've done, which was a bunch, obviously. Well, I got a sense of it and I heard people talking about it. So that also contributed to my sense of it. But, um, but I wasn't there. Um, whether it will ever go back to what it was before, I, it's hard for me to fathom because that's wrapped up in a much larger question of how the financial world is and the political world is and whether or not it's ever going to go back to what it was like before. And uh, that's kind of what we say uh, in America is above my pay grade on some level. Um, I'm not as astute a businessman as it would take and I'm not as astute, as astute in geopolitics as it would take for me to make a reasonable assessment of the likelihood of that happening. My tendency is to think it can't because things change anyway. Um, but maybe it can come back in a way that is equally satisfying to what was there before, because it seems to me that most of commerce is different. It's uh, there companies are having a hard time sourcing parts to build their products and developing new products around what they can source. It's uh, everything's shifting right now, it feels like. And so I don't know where it's going to end up, but I'm glad they had it. Um, glad that there were people who went and showed stuff and enjoyed each other's company. And hopefully, you know, we still have a music business, uh, you know, 10 years yeah. from now. <laughs> Well, that's true. I don't know. I mean, I think it's it's difficult also because, you know, when you have a break from 
a, a, a traditional thing in a calendar that we know costs. You know, it's not it's a not it's not an insignificant amount of money to do that, to go or to cover it or to be there. Are those things? And then you think, well, you know, what's the bottom line? It's very easy to kind of write off the social aspects and the other things that come from it because they're harder to quantify. And as we know, more and more companies are bringing in kind of hard, more sort of hardline traditional financial directors, which don't kind of take into consideration some of those kind of intangibles, I suppose. But mm -hmm. there was some good stuff there, right? I know I saw some of it. I, I, I remember editing some of it at least. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I have to say I didn't watch, I didn't have time to watch any guitar stuff, uh, which I need to catch up on. And so I'm, I'm not in, at all familiar with, with what was happening there. I watched a few things on Sonic State and I have to say that they were really good. So kudos to the, to the team. Really good, really good videos. Um, and but I would like to add to to what Rich has said. I think that there's kind of a trend of maybe it's just my feeling, but of everyone trying to rather than putting out products, um, everyone is trying to create platforms. So it's all about big processes. It's all about uh, like the GPU sort of thing. That's a big thing. Um, I think that the, the, the market is quite saturated with, with products. I mean, there's a limit to how many three or three kind of permutations you can, you can put out um, or compressors or, you know, so everyone is looking for services rather than products or kind of uh, processes which are um, so I think that it's a, it's a shift I think it will it will come back because like Richard said um, the music industry still still needs tools the people still need tools um, and and cool and exciting new gadgets and plugins and and whatever uh, and in the meantime, while all these companies are making their big plans, I would like to see more things coming out. Um, but I think it will kind of even out eventually. Yeah, I, I, so, it seems like it, it feels like we're in a sorry. It feels like we're in a transition phase, doesn't it? Because, I mean, some of the news today and some of the news that's been coming out, uh, that, that feels like we're a, a paradigm shift where obviously hardware is, is great and everybody, people still make it. It's harder to make hardware at the moment just because of supply issues and having to redesign things that already exist that you can't make anymore because that bit became really mm -hmm. expensive suddenly, so you have to design around it. So there's been this kind of slight hiccup in the road bump in the road for that whereas in software it feels to me like you know with stuff like this gpu the the clap uh, um, uh plug-in format also uh, i don't know if you saw oak sound soothe they've basically recoded that so that it'll run real time less than one millisecond latency so they can you can run that in live production so we it feels like we're ending up in this kind of paradigm shift that is the, as the GP, as the CPU cycles become more available again with the, the the system on a chip stuff that everybody's moving towards, and that we're getting we're getting another sort of a, an uplift in what's possible in software and what we expect from software. So there, it feels like we're at a slight kind of junction somehow, and there's going to be a lot of a lot. Of, so I'm sure you're probably finding the same thing, uh, yeah, because I mean you, you know you're a developer, and I'd imagine it takes a while for you to develop stuff. But now you've got these M1s and M2 processors, there's probably things that you're going, hmm, that means we could, you know. So there's there's going to be more of this stuff coming along that's really makes us almost go, quite how on earth can you do, make that so real time and so fast? And so that's where I think we're going to see some big shifts. Yeah, and uh, and it's the it's the cloud and the kind of service sort of universe. Um, I think we are leaning more towards uh, rather than kind of local programs in in general, obviously. Um, but I think that that's why we we seeing that kind of like and like you like you said the the hardware uh, availability that's a big a big factor as well. Mm. Yeah, definitely. It's an. I think it's interesting. We're, I don't know what NAM are planning to do next time. Whether they're going back to January or whether they're going to do another 
June one because this was in place of it was sort of in the traditional time that Summer Nam is usually when Summer Nam is usually in uh, Nashville, which is a great. I mean, we, we used to go to that, but it became much more about kind of guitars and dealers and whatnot. So you know, I, I'd be interesting to see how it shifts. But speaking of which, there was also another product announcement today, which I suppose, uh, I mean, not I suppose, we should briefly cover if we can quickly, and that's the new uh, Moog Mavis. So uh, let me just make sure I've got the right video because I think. Uh, my list is all sort of different. Yeah, here we go. So let's see. This is the new Ma Moog Mavis from Moog, rather. Not Moog Mavis. What am I saying? And this is a sort of DIY kit. And rather than do, you know, here's all the features, they've just basically chained together a bunch of artists making tunes, which are Asimo, Arusha J, Nigel, and Silent Servant. And it's, you know, I think it works pretty nicely. So uh, if I bring up, I think I've actually got, uh, did I, oh, I haven't got a URL in there, I missed mine. So the actual Moog Mavis itself uh, is a single uh, analog oscillator with wave folding, an LFO, uh, which is CV trackable, so I think you could use it also as an oscillator as well. Uh, not sure if it's a 24 ladder uh, DB, but it's 349, so it's kind of pretty affordable. So it, it follows on from their kind of work stat stuff. Patch bay on the left, which is a really weird idea because everybody's putting patch bays on the right. What's going on there? I don't understand. Um, do, do these little kind of desktop synths interest you, Rich, or are you more kind of uh, more about stuff with keyboards on? Well, it interests me, and I think it looks like a cool product. Um, and the fact that it, it, when you say three four nine, it, that's kit form. Is that correct? Three yeah, four nine. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's. I, I don't. I think it's kind of snapped together and screwed together rather than soldering individual components onto boards and stuff. Okay, right. Fair enough. Um, I think it's a cool product, I, and it's. It, I mean, I didn't really go that deep into the patch point part of it, but it's a pretty simple synth. And the fact that they've included the first Moog wave folder is kind of interesting to me. So I'm interested to see how that works and what that sounds like as you use it within this structure. The fact that it's got patch points and sort of, that sort of match their other gear is cool. And um, sure, why not? Looks cool. It's fun. People get, get yeah, people I, I think it's, it's it's hard to know. We were supposed to have one. There's been you know, the, the usual inundation of everybody got one, apart from the UK uh, reviewers, uh, many of us, because there's loads of stuff held up in customs. So I'll have to do it when I get back. I but uh, but yeah, that's why I haven't got mine. But uh, yeah, more Moogs, nothing wrong with that in, in the world. I'm just trying to find the web page at the moment. Oh, so. I want to say that um, the first part of the of the video uh, reminded me of capture images. I almost wanted to select the traffic lights and bicycles and, and stuff like that. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, but um, yeah, seems like a cool product. I mean, I like, in theory, I, I don't have many of those desktop. I don't have any at all. I used to have a MoFo, but I think that that's as close and the 303, which is arguably a desktop uh, unit. Um, so it's not for me, but I think that a, a small unit that creates big sound is is always nice, isn't it? And you can you can do so much with with one analog synth um, and just record it over and over and and multitrack and all that. So yeah, I think it's cool. Oh, they've got that web page that goes sideways and scrolls. So the, I, I, in this browser that's in this, I it hasn't got a scroll bar, so I can't show you the images. Damn you, Web 2.0. <laughs> Foiled again. I'm sorry about that. I would have, uh, But yeah, it does look kind of interesting. I'm um, just see if I've got another picture here that I can just... But it is quite basic. And I think, I think to a point... It, <sighs> You know, like Moog have traded on the name of for a really long time now, and quite rightly so, because they make some beautiful synthesizers. And I think these little ones are uh, are less of less interest to me personally. The Mother Thirty Two sounded pretty nice, but the um, I think the last one I really enjoyed was the uh, Grandmother, the Four Voice, and the uh, the uh, the Mother the, nice. the, uh, that with the the kind of the surface mount recreations of the original Moog modules. I mean, that thing is so. 
I guess, Mogi, you know, it, it really, you get a sense of why with something like that, why Moog is what it is. And I, I, I don't know if I'll get that with this. I mean, the wavefolder is really handy and having those extra features is cool. But I'm wondering whether there are there are plenty of other modules that will probably do a little more and we'll have a bit more about them that, you know, you might not get the, with the name. But I, I'll, I'll, res I'll, I'll reserve my judgment until... I get one in my hands. I'm hoping because the last kit I got was the uh, teenager uh, engineering big yellow thing, which honestly, the the, the ends of my fingers got really sore because it was it was one of the most fiddly and irritating kits I've ever put together. And then when you finally <laughs> put it together, it was just really crappy. It just didn't. Have, there's no wow. no note tracking. All the scaling wow. was off. I, I I fully this won't be the case with the mode because they know how to make synthesizers, you know. And and I think teenage engineering do a lot as well. It's just this was a donkey, and I just that's just the way it goes. But yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> it, it'll fit in the mix. It's always nice to have a small mode you can whip out and uh, impress the the neighbors with. <laughs> But I think the kit form thing is important to it, and it's, it kind of goes along with the cultural changes that we've seen where people are more involved in deconstructing and sort of reverse engineering their stuff and getting inside of it and doing things. And um, in the post-World War II era, where a lot of guys with a lot of technical training were now out in the job market, kits were very uh, popular and people used to buy kits to build their home audio system. And there were kits for all kinds of things and people like to get their hands dirty, so to speak, in, in that creative process. So as our culture has become increasingly devoted to craft type concepts mm. and customized things, I noticed that people want to get in, people want to buy a Raspberry Pi and put it in their own box and tweak it out and make it, suit what they're doing you know put orange buttons on it or whatever and um and i think this just makes sense for people to have kit form synthesizer stuff available to them in this culture as i see it yeah i, I mean i suppose that's in one in some way that's probably one of the reasons why um that that uh that modular has become so popular because effectively you know it, it, it it's like a kit form thing except the individual modules you know you can put them wherever you want yes. and plug them how you want together you can so that makes a lot of sense but it's i, I know sort of the irony of ordering a kit from amazon <laughs> so it arrives right now is sort of it's the the the, the instant but yet delayed gratification is just a, it's quite a paradox i think in uh, modern society but uh, we'll see how that goes i don't know yeah. Um, yeah. I have nothing to add. I mean, kids are not are not for me right now at this uh, stage of my life. So uh, I like the sound, though. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, speaking of Raspberry Pis, I mean, yeah, that's one of the things. You know, we do this NAM thing. We ended up we take a Raspberry Pi on the road with us, and I ended up some of the stuff that we could do with that now is just kind of crazy i've been writing all sorts of stuff which makes it a lot easier to communicate and upload stuff because one of the things that we did find and this was a big issue with nam and this affected everybody is nam um, normally they have a two-week get-in so you know previous show because it's christmas they get two weeks and everybody gets set up this time there was a big show three days beforehand so they had three days to set up all the nam infrastructure and one of the things that unfortunately got uh, hosed with that was uh the press network which was you know it was adequate but nothing like what it normally is uh, and i suppose if anybody from nam is listening could you please make sure that you sort that out next time because if i'm playing for three journalists to fly halfway across the world i would like them to be able to use the internet when they get there uh, to the fullest possibility that it is that's just my little kind of that's my little thing uh, so yeah wow. there was lots of late night lots of late nights because we were like right what are we going to do how are we going to solve this problem because we're getting zip, almost <clears throat> no upload bandwidth and network Work is everything. It really is. It really does. Um, but it has enabled it. But again, through adversity, you can innovate. And that's kind of what we ended up having to do, which is also good, but just not at the time. It's it's a bit stressful. Um, OK, well, I think we're probably due. Uh, you know, it's about time we finish. I, I'm going to uh, say uh, no show for the next two weeks. I'm hopefully if the uh, UK aviation um, 
industry can get me out of the country and back in time, uh, I will be going away for 10 days uh, to Spain for a bit of uh, R&R. My daughter has finished her, will be finishing her last A-level on Friday and we travel on Monday. So hopefully we'll all get to have a bit of a chill uh, and I hope you enjoy a bit of a summer break. I know, Rich, what are you up to? Are you, are you at, in the country now for a, a while or are you just uh, or in Europe for a while? Yeah, well, I don't go back to the States until August, but... Um... Where are you going? I'm going to Spain next week. <laughs> really? I'm going to, uh, well, yeah. we fly into Barcelona and then we go to Costa Brava. So a place called Tossa de Mar, which is near Girona. Uh, anywhere oh, near okay. you? Not doing a gig there, are you? We're playing in Barcelona. Ah, what and night? And then <laughs> later, in the, later in the summer, we'll play in Marbella and on Mallorca, which I'm really excited about. But uh, Ah, okay. In in a i don't know when it is i think it's next week it may even be next tuesday or wednesday we're playing in barcelona that's funny okay i'll keep yeah. you posted because you never know we're yeah. about i think we're about 100 100 kilometers from barcelona where we're staying so well, i think marbella south yeah well i've got i've got a car so you know it's not impossible that would be pretty groovy okay i'm not i've got a couple of teenagers with me as well so you know we could have uh, it could be fun anyway but lovely to have you all. Rich, it's a pleasure. Um, I'm liking the, when, when you're in Paris, it's like you've got this kind of almost like an old master's colour scheme going on there. It's very uh, photogenic, I must say. A, a little sort of <laughs> slightly slightly reduced saturation, but it kind of works works well, the, 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 the background. So thank you very much for joining us. Uh, also, Mr. Johan Nevo, uh, there in Nevo Sound, are you getting straight on to, back onto the mix or have you got some other fun stuff to do? In there? fact, I have a meeting that started right now, so I'm going to have to ah. say goodbye and leave you and thank you for having okay. me. And no um, enjoy your holiday and enjoy the tour, Rich. And uh, thank you. We'll see you later. All right, well, that's it for this week. Thank you, everybody. Uh, thanks, everybody in the chat room uh, and all of you guys and gals. Uh, we much appreciate it. So that's it for this time. We'll see you next time. Take care now. Bye bye.